All right, well, good morning. I'm Pastor Clint, if you couldn't tell. Uh, this is Body by Disney, so this is what the result of that would be. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to welcome you guys to, uh, for coming and checking us out. We're at the movies, of course. Um, and so that's where we take uh, movies that really are just stories, and we see how, what those stories and how they relate to what God has to tell us and apply to our life. And so that's why we do at the movie series. And of course, it's fun, exciting, and uh, really hot sometimes. But it's, it's, uh, it's great to be at the movies with you guys today. And so Friday, we showed uh, The Lion King. Some of you guys came out and enjoyed that. Uh, it was something we tried, we, and I think it went well. It was really cool to see that movie together and watch it in fellowship. Um, but today, we're gonna t- I'm going to talk about The Lion King. And so The Lion King came out in 1994. All right, I was just a little kid. My sister took me to see it. I loved it. It was a great movie. Uh, it stuck with me for all these years. And in like five days, the new Lion King's coming out. So I encourage you to go see that. It may be a little bit different than what we are used to, but I've heard it's really, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's a story. It won two Oscars, uh, one for the soundtrack, one for the movie. It was the most grossing uh, money-wise uh, animated movie for that year, or actually all movies that year in 1994, and then it maintained that as the most grossing animated film all the way through 2010 with Toy Story 3 came out and beat it. So not only did it um, make a lot of money for Disney, but it also did something to our hearts, right? It was a powerful story that we can all relate to. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have went and seen it as much as we did. And so, um, but it's a story, right? It's a story of a king. And here's how it starts. All right. So that's something that's kind of engraved in my memory. Uh, but for our Facebook viewers, they didn't get to see that clip. They don't get to see the clip. So it may seem like I'm repeating myself, but I'm actually just filling in the people who are hanging in on those weird times when there's just something on the screen. So um, for them, because of copyrights, you know. So I'm going to recap that. So Simba is held up by Rafiki, who's an animal, and he is the new king. And all the animals in the, in the wild kingdom are going to bow down to him. And we see that that's the opening scene. It's kind of like almost like Simba's baptism and commencement for him being the new king. Uh, so he is a child of the king. And that's, you know, whenever we, we pull these movies together, we say, okay, you guys pick the movies. We got to find something to preach on, right? And so there's a theme there. And the theme for me is the fact that we have to remember that we're children of the king if you're a Jesus follower. And so that's where we're going to go with this today. We're going to go through some texts and things like that to help us understand that. Because I don't just pull that idea out of nowhere. It comes out of the Bible, right? And the Bible speaks to us, and that's how we build these messages. So I want to say that this, we are the children of the King if we are a Jesus follower. If you have a relationship with Jesus, that's who we are. And the Bible describes it this way. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Think about that. God chose to put himself under law in Jesus Christ. Not only just like the law, like good or bad and those kind of things that we see, but it's also like gravity and those kind of laws. It's insane to think about that if you think about that God would submit himself for that. And we'll continue on. To redeem those who are under the law. Guess what? That's everybody, right? We are under the law. The law is God's standard of living, and every single one of us falls under that category. And actually, every single one of us is hopelessly lost because of the law, right? 
because we can't live up to God's standard. We can't be perfect. And so what it does is it tells us that I need a Savior. Until I know that I need a Savior or need saving, a Savior doesn't matter. And the New Testament tells me that's what the law is for, to tell me that I need a Savior. And so that's everybody, right? So that we might receive adoption as sons. So why did God allow his son to come and be subjected to law? So that we could receive adoptions as sons and daughters. And because of you are sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of, the son, of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. How many of you guys really, really pray that? We may say, like, you know, Father God or something like that when we pray, but how many of you guys are actually crying out to, like, Daddy? That's the intensity of that phrase. It's why it's exclamation mark, right? Is, is, and I call my dad on Sundays when I remember. If I don't, I get this text. But anyway, uh, and it's like just filling him in what happened with the week. It's a relationship. I'm 1,500 miles away from my dad, so that's how we continue our relationship. And some of you guys might be in that category. And sometimes it's hard for us to relate to God as, as our father because your father might be a bum or you might have Lever to Beaver's dad. Like, I don't know where your dad's at, but a lot of times what we do is we take our dad and we reflect him onto God. But God is so much more than that. And no matter if you've had a bad dad or, or not, it doesn't matter because you can have a heavenly father who is amazing, who is good, who loves you and always wants the best for you, who is always with you if you have a relationship with him. So this next scene, uh, Mufasa is instilling some wisdom into Simba. He shows him all the pride land, tells him his jurisdiction in a way as a king, and encourages him. Let's watch that. So Mufasa teaches Simba about the circle of life and how everything has a balance. And Simba is funny because he's like, well, when I'm king, I can do whatever I want, right? And he says, even when you're a king, you, can, you don't always get to do what you want. As a child of God, it's an amazing thing, but I don't always get to do what I want, right? There's some restrictions. There's some, there's some things that I can't just abuse that power or that significant status. It really should be humbling for me to be there as a child of God, as someone who has a relationship with Jesus. And so often I think it's easier to remember who we are when life is going well. Is that true? When like there's money in the bank, whenever you've got health, you've got family, it's going good. It's so much easier, that's a slide, that we can focus on that. Often it's easier to remember who we are in Christ when things are going well. But what about the hard times? What about when you have that big fight with your significant other? Maybe you um, have done your due diligence, but you got sick and were off work that week, and now your bank account's a little short. And we all deal with stuff, that car breaks down, whatever. Are those the times that it's easy to remember who we are in Christ? I would say probably not. Probably those are the hardest times for us to remember who we are in Christ. But the most important times, and we should remember who we are. And so it brings us to what happens in the movie. And I spared you from the, uh, the horrible death scene, but Mufasa dies. And this is where we pick up on it. Well, in that scene, um, Mufasa has just died. So what happened was Simba got into himself into this, this um, big gourd. Actually, um, Scar led him there. And it was a setup. 
The hyenas then caused the wildebeest, thousands of wildebeest, to come rushing through the gourd to kill Simba. And Mufasa hears about it and comes down and he saves Simba. But in the process of getting up the rocks, he's faced with Scar, who wants to take over his kingdom. And Scar murders him by throwing him down into the, to the, this gorge where all the wildebeest run him over. And Simba has just found his father dead, Mufasa. And he's just sitting there. And then Scar tells him to run away, run away, and never return. See, Scar, in this film, why we, we kind of despise him or, and all that is because he reminds us of somebody. He reminds us of Satan, right? There's some darkness there, and, and he is telling Simba that he's dealing with his guilt, basically. And he's actually creating a guilty situation. It wasn't Simba's fault. It was definitely Scar's fault, right? He deceived him. But Scar tells him, that it's his fault, and he should run away and run away and never return. So I want to say this, Satan will cash in on your guilt every single time. It's understandable to have guilt for something we do wrong, right? There are things that we are just guilty of. But when guilt defines us, that's not where we're supposed to be. When it begins to define who we are, and it's always well on, Satan will use that every single time to say, hey, you know what, you can't share your faith with somebody because, remember what you did last night? Remember what you said today? You can't show peace, love, or kindness to somebody because remember what you did? You're a bad person, right? That's what he's, he's gonna put us in this trap of guilt every single time. He'll cash in on that every single time. And so often what we do is we, we, we avoid things. We might say, okay, uh, so-and-so uh, at the last potluck, said something behind my back. Now, all Christians are hypocrites. And Satan's just going to say, you're right. Run away, run away, and never come back to church, right? Or that preacher, he talks about money too much. And Satan's going to say, you're right. Run away, run away, and never come back. Whatever it is, he'll amplify it. He'll make it worse if he can. And we have to be aware of that. And we don't even have to deal with that. Because we are children of, king, of the king. When we remember that, it helps us overcome that. When we remember that, it helps us to get through those times. To stay grounded and to keep things balanced in our life. But I get it. Sometimes it's easier just to forget. To escape. In this next scene, we see uh, Simba runs away and he finds a couple outcasts that teach him how to forget. forget. They give him a lesson in how to forget. And here it is. All right, well, so you're welcome. That's going to be stuck in your head all day. Uh, I've been singing it for like two weeks. Heather can attest to that. Um, it just comes out, but it's a good song. It's catchy. Uh, so it's basically what happened there is, is when I played, the reason why I played the whole scene because there's a lot to it. Timon and Puma teach him how to forget his past, right? And we kind of find out what Timon's, uh, or sorry, Puma's past was, what he's running from. Why he needs Akuna Matata in his life, right? To forget about and have no worries. And then we see something here. Simba becomes a bug eater. All right? He's the king of the jungle, the lion. And he's supposed to be eating meat and he's hungry, but he becomes a bug eater. And it makes me think how often we as children of God have other things, other things that we should be doing in our lives, but yet we've settled for something else. 
God says, hey, I want you to do this with the relationship. I want you to do this with your time. I want you to do this with your life. And it will make you happy. You'll grow. You'll be blessed. And sometimes we say, yeah, but God, I'm forgetting all that stuff. And I'm just focused on doing this. Isn't this enough? Slimy, yet satisfying. That's weird and gross if you think about it. But um, often we do that. We become bug eaters. And God never intended us to do those things or settle for less when he has something for us. It doesn't mean we get everything we want as Christians. It's not a presto changeo type thing. But there are things in our lives that are, could be so much better if we were just following God's plan. However, and so I want you to think about that. It's, it's not about f- forgetting who you are and becoming a bug eater, but it's more about remembering who we are and focusing on what God wants for us and not settling for what we think may be best. So next scene comes up, and so what happens is one of his old friends shows up, Nala, and she reminds him and tells him about what's happening at the Pride Land. The Pride Land had been taken over by Scar, and Scar had totally ruined the balance of life. So now there's hyenas live overrunning the lions, and they've, they've eaten all the food, and they're starving. There's a drought. The balance is completely thrown off. And so after his encounter with Nala, he runs into Rafiki. Rafiki asks him, who are you? And he's confused about that. And then he brings up his father and he says, I know your dad. I'll show you your dad, Mufasa. He's still alive. And that's where we pick up on this scene. So Rafiki brings him up to the water, right? And he shows, shows him his reflection. And that's all he sees at first. Rafiki tells him to look harder, that he's inside of him. The verse we looked at earlier says that the, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Son, has come inside of us. Then Mufasa appears in the sky and tells him that he's forgotten who he is and that he needs to remember who he is. My challenge today to you is I want you to remember who you are. If you are a Jesus follower, these are some things that describe you and should be exciting. Like last week we talked about the promises of God. In the promises of God, we find happiness. Outside of the promises of God, we do not find happiness, right? Remembering who we are, we can find and be, have victory in these things. And I'll run through them pretty quickly for you. You have been set free and made a children, a ch- children of God. Scripture says, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Think about that. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to bad desires. You're no longer a slave to all these things because you have been put in a whole nother status. If you're a Jesus follower, you are an heir or a child of God. As a child of God, you are a fellow heir with Christ. Can you imagine that? To somehow, in some way, theologically, I don't know, equal or similar standard or to to co-reign with Christ someday. Wow. That's amazing. It should be humbling for us because we don't deserve that. We deserve the opposite, right? We deserve a separation from God and hell. But we get the opportunity through grace to be co-heirs with Christ. The Bible says, if, a children, if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him. Maybe today you're in a season of suffering. 
You can find hope in this promise because someday you'll be, have glorifi- you'll be glorified with him. Also, you are a new creature in Christ. Sometimes we think it's like, okay, God, yeah, you saved me. You kind of added some good parts to me. I got this good part over here. We kind of compartmentalize it. But that's not what God says. God says you are a completely new person, new creature in Christ, completely born again, completely transformed. Sometimes it's hard for us to remember that. We say, yeah, but I've got all this in my life. But you don't have to have that stuff in your life. You have victory. You can choose to embrace the fact that you are a new creature in Christ, and from that, deal with the past. Not forget about it, but deal with the past and move forward. You You are children of light. Next slide. You are children of light. The Bible says, for you were one time darkness, but none of you are light, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. If you walk into somebody's room or you're dealing with stuff in life, do they see the light in you? Whenever you're dealing with the loss or you're dealing with this or dealing with that, we recently had family in the, in the church that had a, a hard loss. And one of the things I was at their moral service I just constantly heard was they were a light that was contagious. If that's what we're dealing with, if we're dealing with stuff, are we a light? Are we a light in traffic? <laughs> That might be something that may be convicting. I'm like, why are you driving in a slow lane? And my wife says, you do the same thing. But anyway, you are a citizen of heaven. Think about that. You are a citizen of heaven. I, yes, I live in Maryland. Maybe you live in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, whatever. But someday, you will be a citizen of heaven. You can anticipate that. You can have hope in that. The Bible says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we also await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing that this world is temporary is one of the biggest reliefs we could ever have, right? Because this world isn't fun very sometimes. This world can be very tough, and we know how broken it is. All we got to do is turn on the news. But knowing it's temporary, and our goal as Christians is to bring as many people to heaven with us as we go through life, as we share our witness with them and we love them and we, and we forgive them where they've messed up. We show them kindness. We show them grace because God's given us that grace. So as we finish this movie up, what happens is, is uh, Simba goes back and he defeats Scar and the hyenas actually kill him. It's pretty awesome. That's kind of ironic actually, but I like that part anyway. But one of the biggest things was <laughs> by remembering who he was, Simba restores balance to the pride lands. And that's what we see here. All right, so it all wraps up with him seeing his father, remembering who he was, a large large roar, which I won't imitate. I've had people ask that. uh, And and everything finds balance again. That's where we end the film. And and everything's restored in the the pride land. And so my question is, how would your life be more balanced by remembering who you are in Christ. That's self-reflective. Whatever it is you're dealing with in your life, think about that. How, how much different would it would be and how much more balanced would it be if I was just believing the promises of God and who I am in Christ? You know, if you think about people's lives, there's definitely a thing called the identity crisis, right? Most of us have gone through it. It's probably what created most of those fashion c- senses through the 90s and 80s and 70s and stuff, right? 
identity crisis mess up everything. And that's true about our life. If we don't know who we are in Christ, it really can affect everything. So the question is, how would your life be more balanced remembering who you are? And I want you to think about that. I thought of a story today. I want to tell you a quick story that has to do with adoption. So there was a kid named Zach, and he was 16 years old. He'd been in and out of all kinds of foster care, this house, that house, and sometimes it was because he got in trouble, but other times it was just because he was just extra, or they moved, or whatever else, and, and he'd finally come at 16 years old to this house of Jim and Susan, and he's like, man, I'm 16, in two years I'm out of the system, I'm going to do life my way, I just can't wait, so he's waiting, and he's living in the future, when, when I'm 18, I'm out, right? Two years pass. It's his 18th birthday. And Jim and Susan got him this giant gift. I mean, it's like a refrigerator box. And he's like, for the first time he realizes that they love him. That he's not going anywhere. But he's 18. He's going to leave if he wants. He has a choice. But he opens it up, and there's another box. And he's like, all right, come on, guys. It's a little overkill, right? And he opens up that one and another one. And inside, there's an envelope. And it's more like an invitation. And it says, will you be our son? You see, they had given him the choice to be adopted. He's 18. He could do what he want. He didn't really need it. But they wanted to be part of his family. The question I have today is, have you received Jesus? Have you received him? Because there's a Bible song that says, we're all children of God, yellow, black, blue, all the different colors. I can't remember. I'm not from, I didn't go to Sunday school. So you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, It's not right. We're not all children of God. It's by receiving him and following him that we become Jesus' followers and children of God. The scripture that says that says, but to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become children of God. I want you to think about this. This is your invitation. This is the terms of the adoption. God has said, I want to adopt you. Choose it to follow me. Receive him today. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. Really no one looking around. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus today. Maybe you've come to church for a while. Maybe you've never come to church. This is the first time you've ever been here. Whatever the thing is, Without a relationship with God, the Bible says we're not forgiven and we're destined for separation from God in a place called hell. And the truth is that every single one of us has messed up in our life. We're all guilty of sin. But God didn't leave us in our sin. He sent his son on a rescue mission to save the world by dying for us and then conquering death on the cross. And he says he wants you to be part of his family. I want to give everyone an opportunity to make that decision today. If you haven't done that, maybe you're listening on Facebook Live and you need to make that decision. Or here in this room. Say something like this, and it's not magic words that save you, but it's you crying out to God, saying these things. Say something like this. Say, God, I know that I've sinned against you, God. And if you were to hold me accountable, I'd be guilty Please forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus died for me and that he rose again. I want you to come into my life. God, I want to be part of your family. 
I don't have all the answers, God, but I want to learn to love you back. Now, if you just prayed that with me the first time you've given your life to Christ, I want you just to raise your hand. I won't call you out. I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward or anything like that. I just want to see. Also, next step is fill that out on the connection card. Let us know of any decisions that you've made. We'd love to hear about that from you. And if you have any questions, we can definitely answer those after the service. Christians in the room, the challenge is today is remembering who you are, restoring balance in your life. Take a moment and pray and just say, God, I, in this area, in this area, whatever it is, help me to remember who, who I am. Help me to restore balance. As you're praying, I'm going to close in prayer I will, and our band will come. God, I just lift you up. You are so awesome and, and, it, and it just breaks my heart to know that there's people that aren't in your family because I know they could be. And God, let that be our, our prayer for this church that they will be going out and sharing your love and your desire to be connected with people by relationship. Be with the people in this room today, God, as we focus on remembering who we are in Christ and putting it in action in our life. It's not just a warm feeling, God, but it actually is something we can apply. Be with us throughout our week. In Jesus' name, amen.